How about now? Here it's better. A little bit better. That's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Hi, I'm Jason Phillips. Hi, I'm Leah Popper, and you're listening to Our Five Cents, a podcast brought to you by the University of Rhode Island student-run newspaper, The Good Five Cent Cigar. This is your walk to class. All the news you need to know in the time it'll take you to walk from Kimi to Swan. Well, I must say, Jason, I'm very happy to be back in the stew. Back in the <laughs> stew again, another semester. I'm glad to be yes. back with you. And happy to be sharing this podcast now with our podcast manager and social media coordinator, Ronan Himmelrich. Yes, indeed. It was so fun to record with him last week, and I cannot wait to hear when the two of you finally get to record together. Yes, that will be a fun time. It will be. I cannot wait to see what the product's going to be like, and I'm so excited to be working with both of you on the podcast again. It's going to be so fun. Got a semester full of antics, semester full of stories, and fun stuff to go over. And make sure to keep your ears out, as we'll talk about later throughout the semester, for other podcasts that are going to be coming out. We have some fun surprises coming up podcast-wise, so keep your ears open. All very exciting stuff, everyone. Jason, I'll let you go. Uh, Give us the first, you know, uh, front pager by Maddie Bataille. Let's talk a little bit about that one from this week. So our top story on the front page this week was about a vigil for Iran that was held at URI on Tuesday, September 27th to honor the life of Masa Amini and show support for the Iranian people. Um, As of two weeks ago about Iran's morality police, as they're known, arrested Amini for improperly wearing a headscarf. And hours later, she was admitted to the hospital and was pretty badly beaten and was in a comatose state and soon after she was pronounced brain dead uh, which sparked protest in Iran that has been going on for about two weeks now. You or I held this event to speak out against the oppression of women in in Iran and also to honor the life of Amini like we discussed. So this was a super impactful, emotional, and really important story. You know, not only is this something that's a very large global issue right now, especially with women's rights all around the globe, not even just in Iran. But to see the local impact in the community and to kind of hear what people are going through right now was really moving. It was really strong, and the event was amazing. I'm so glad that people in the community really cared enough to speak about this problem and to make their voices heard on a local level and in a larger fashion as well. Like you said, it's nice that, you know, our small community did want to get involved with with the protests and, you know, the honoring her life and the lives of many Iranian women who have been lost over the past two weeks and obviously beyond these past two weeks. Holding a vigil, you know, is the least that people can do um, when we're thousands of miles away from from the source of the issue. Um, And I think that not only the writing, but the photos from the event um, were really striking Uh and lots of really amazing quotes, inspiring quotes um, that just it'll make you think about, you know, how you could step up and and make a difference in in the lives of people um, who have a less fortunate situation going on than what we do here in Kingston. 
Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, like you said about the photos, our lovely photo editor, Maddie Bataille, took this story and wrote it and got the photos for it. And this was her first story that she's written in a while, I think. She was talking about how impactful this story was on her. And you can really see it in the writing and in the photos that she got of this event. Um, You know, the photo that we featured on both the website and in print is really impactful and powerful. Um, And the other photos that we got to take for the story were just as equally powerful. There was a lot of emotion that was visible. And, you know, it it was so clear with these photos. So, I mean this was such an emotional and important story and i'm so glad that maddie was able to take it and do such an amazing job covering it and one wonderful thing that that our new amazing web editor claudia stepian was able to do was insert all of the photos online into the article so um while we always want everyone to see it in print of course please check it out online because that's where you can find the majority of the photos from that event Well, another great story we had this week was actually written by someone who's in this room right now. Um, Jason, who's in this room other than us? It's you, actually. It's just the two of us, and you're you're the one who wrote the story. Um, Sorry, that's awkward. That's really awkward. But yes, I did write a story this week, and I'd love to talk a little bit about it. Go ahead. I'd love to hear. So initially, our news editor, Juliana Lepore, pitched a story about how Greek Life was getting an additional fee on their tuition bill. Um, And the email that went out to all of Greek Life was saying, you know, this $49 fee is just going to assist in getting more resources and programming for Greek Life. And so Mm -hmm. I took the story thinking, you know, it'll just be a kind of a rundown of that, a little more clarification for the students. I uncovered um, a bit more about the story that I found really interesting. Um, so this $49 fee is per semester, per student, on, the tui- on their tuition bill, um, both in fraternity and sorority life. And this money is actually primarily being used for staffing because budgets the budgets of Housing and Residential Life and Student Senate, which is where um, most of the money for Greek life came from the university, was uh, significantly narrowed over the past year. So Greek life decided, how about we, you know, to be able to keep up with our staff, our director, our assistant director, our graduate student, and possibly an additional graduate student on the staff, um, let us put a $49 fee on tuition bills. And when I uncovered that and and spoke to students, they were not very pleased, which is what Mm -hmm. you will read in the story. Um, I was told by Steve Simo, the director of student affairs, that this fee was modeled after a financial idea used in Greek life Mm -hmm. at a lot of other large universities that are very Greek focused, such as Penn State, um, where basically the money will be used to pay the salaries of Steve Simo and others who work for Greek life. Mm -hmm. So students were not very happy. I got very interesting responses. um, And it was just interesting to learn about how, you know, 
it was originally advertised as, you know, advancements in programming, like let's make Greek life stronger. Um, but it never explicitly said this money is for staffing, um, which I think was kind of the big twist that made this story larger than I had anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I think that happens a lot with the stories that we cover that turn out to be something big as they start off as these smaller stories that are dealing with, you know, something that seems inane, like a small fee being added to your courses Mm -hmm. or a small fee being added to your tuition or where XYZ money is going. We've covered many stories like that in the past, and a lot of the times they are just simply that. But then in cases like this, a lot of the times we uncover something that's different that's not exactly what was advertised and in that this case it seems like that's exactly what happened um i mean i found it very interesting to see what was advertised where this money is going versus where it's actually going and i don't think the students that you spoke with from what i understand were quite upset about the fact that they had to pay the fee as much as they didn't understand where this money was going absolutely is that is that kind of what you got from your interviews yeah so i actually went to bid day and was able to speak to a few uh students involved in greek life and their main concern was you know is there another option like did they weigh all the options? Did they consider the fact that we are college students and we're already paying our dues and parlor fees? And if you're a first-year member, you pay lots of money to just be in the sorority to begin with, um, as well as room and board if if you need to live in the house. Um, if you need to worry about a meal plan if you don't have, you know, dining accommodations in your house. They were wondering if all other necessary options were weighed um, before the decision was made to charge students. Um, and I think they were just looking for more information. You know, they they saw the email and they saw the, the $49 fee on their bill. And, and I think they just wanted more information on why. So hopefully the story clarifies, you know, what what the fee is for. And with the with the the explanation of why it is necessary, I do think that, you know, there is no right or wrong option for for how to handle it, but they they made a choice that will work and that um, I hope can be understood by Greek life. Well, something exciting happened on campus this week, mm. and Jason, I'll let you talk about that, and I would also like to give a quick shout out to our wonderful contributing reporter, Erin Brown, for the hard work that she put into this article but jason let them know what happened yeah i mean this week we did have some really fun events and i think one of the highlights was that we were able to cover was the inauguration of president mark parlange parlange has been at uri for about a year now it it was his first year in the office of the president and as of last week he was inaugurated as the 12th president of uri Congratulations, President Parlange. Yes, congratulations, President Parlange. And, you know, the event was super great. We saw a lot of turnout from community members, from faculty, students, people who are external to URI, but who are still connected to Rhode Island and to, you know, us here on campus. There was a really good turnout, 
and Aaron was able to attend this event and speak with the president after about his first year in office. I mean, for me, from this article and from my experience, President Parlange has really taken an extremely active part of the Eura community in this first year. You know, he's taken many opportunities that we mentioned in the article, including the Greek week, he judged the singing contest, which was very fun, but something that he was able to do to get involved. You know, I don't think many other presidents or members of upper administration would do things like that because they're very busy, but Parlange has consistently taken the time. He showed up to Oozball last year. He joined a class that was tagging sharks in the ocean last semester. He has attended so many other events, and most importantly, he has interviewed with the cigar on many occasions and always makes time to talk to us when things pop up that he would like to make a comment on. You know, he's been very involved, so I'm very much looking forward to now he's inaugurated. What will the future bring with President Mark Parlange? He'll find mm-hmm. a way to not only get his duties done in the office, but to just be involved and be out there, meet students. He's active on social media. He, you know, he's just, he's a really, really great guy. Like, aside mm-hmm. from just being a wonderful at his job, he's a great guy. And um, I'm just excited to to further our relationship with him in terms of the cigar and hopefully you know maybe have him on on here for an episode if you'd like to that would be very fun president parlange if you if you're listening you're more than welcome in the studio at any time moving on a little bit to entertainment for a moment oh Um, i was entertainment editor yes yes um as entertainment editor i was very very excited to hear from a new contributing reporter jensen tavares who was super ambitious about going to the 193 Coffee House and their incredible concerts that they put on. Shout out to 193 Coffee House. They are amazing. Jason is now an employee at the 193 Coffee House. I am. And um, Jensen wrote about George Richter, who is a URI student, Rhode Island native, who opened the season. He opened for a Connecticut-based band named Litvar. Um but he opened, you know, the the performances. He was the, the first to perform in the coffee house this year, all, and the concerts are always to die for. And Richter is more of an ambient acoustic musician, so he he really stole the hearts of the crowd. Um, I have actually been listening to Richter's music for a while now because I'm a big fan of his band Smug Honey, who mm. also um, has. Uh, members including Kyle Takata and Luca Simeone who are also Rhode Island natives Um, they make more of like an R&B funk kind of sound music but to read about his solo performance was really refreshing Um, he's not pursuing music in college Um, he's instead majoring in English because he really likes to hone in on his creativity as a writer Mm -hmm. and his lyrics are just super honest and and um, I find that to be, you know, as also a musician myself, it's it's not always easy to to write music that's both compelling and honest with yourself. And so it was great to read about um, Jensen's experience speaking to him and getting to hear him perform. And yeah, I just I always love covering the coffee house because they do a great job of highlighting student performers and 
getting bands in there that that have a wide array of genres and of course their open mic is always a big hit as well yeah i mean i think these are some of my favorite entertainment pieces to read whenever they come in whenever we get to profile students or even just rhode island natives you know people who are really passionate um i love to see you know what their performances are like but also who they are as people i found this profile to be super interesting and obviously i love the coffee house you know i'm fueled by the coffee house <laughs> love drinking everything there um so you know it was really a one-two punch for me you had the coffee house and you had this amazing performance um yeah i mean is there more to say i i don't think so i think I it was just amazing yeah, i, I think highly it was recommend incredible show-stopping never before seen exactly um, which i heard was also in a different way what happened at the narragansett town council if you'd oh. like to speak about that for a bit. It was indeed a showstopper and never to be seen before. Probably never again. Well, we'll see. But as Leah said, last week, the Narragansett Town Council held a town hall that allowed students and Narragansett residents to speak in response to both the zoning ordinance that went into effect at the start of this academic year and a new rental registration that has been proposed in the town and started to be heard about by students. So as we've talked about in the past, the zoning ordinance now restricts all off-campus housing in the town of Narragansett to three unrelated undergraduate students as a maximum. So that means that if you have more than three students on a lease, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't. You just can't. It's as simple as that is what the town is now saying. Um, for a large part, this was a response to a lot of residents who feel that renters, specifically student renters, um, are not a accepted part of the town as much. You know, they're known for being disruptive, throwing parties, being loud between the months of September and May. Yeah, which I don't think is, you know, I don't think it's necessarily true for, for all exactly. all Narragansett student rentals. And, you know, this new ordinance is really, really difficult because now URI is seeing a, short of a, a shortage of housing since we're no longer um, forcing triples upon students after mm -hmm. the COVID-19 pandemic. And so now, you know, much more students are looking to live off campus, but all of these homes that house more than three people are either no longer available for academic rentals, or if they are available, students can't afford them because they're mm -hmm. technically paying for, for more space that's just not being inhabited. Any leases starting this year can only have three undergraduate students who are unrelated on the lease now. And, you know, there have been some reported cases of this new ordinance not being followed of landlords renting to more than three students and not putting them on the lease, different ways of getting around it. The town began requiring landlords to submit the names and addresses of the students who were living at their properties to the town and the town council to make sure that the rules were being followed. In response to this, many students were quite upset and some community members who live in Narragansett were also upset, while others approved and agreed with this measure. So 
many students attended this town council meeting in addition to residents of the town of Narragansett. One student who attended was Molly Ahern, a student renter, who mentioned the Rhode Island Public Transport Authority's data breach that happened in February earlier this year. And she spoke about her fears that the same will happen to the town of Narragansett in their database, which would leak the names and addresses of many students. Other students were concerned that this would be put on a public list in some sort of way, that this information could somehow get out to other people, which would put them in an unsafe situation. So there's been a lot of backlash from students and certain community members who are very upset about this, while other residents have expressed that this is a good thing and that, you know, this is just enforcing the rules that were set by the town. So, I mean, this article was really well reported. We had some really interesting quotes and opinions from people, and I highly recommend reading this one. Yeah, and one other thing just to add, you know, is thinking ahead, um, where else are these students going to go? You know, there's only so there's only so many places that they could go to make their commute manageable. You know, there are the surrounding communities of South Kingstown and Wakefield, North Kingstown and Saunderstown. But once you start, you know, leaving those kind of those zones, those areas, the commute gets to be too much. So the question is, you know, how is the town going to cooperate with URI housing to make sure that students are able to live comfortably, especially considering that our enrollment has significantly increased, or not our enrollment, but at least our applications. So, Well, I just had one last story that I really quickly wanted to highlight, and that is about the Plant Protection Program, a story that was reported by Eddie Melfi, one of our contributing photographers. We are trying to do more stories that are very interesting visually, and Eddie was able to put together an amazing photojournalism essay that told the story of the Plant Protection Program, which identifies insects on plants and in homes and will diagnose plant diseases for community members. This photo essay was absolutely beautiful. We were able to put it in print and online, and you should definitely check it out. I think this is one of our most fun and interesting stories that we have been able to cover in a while, and we did it in a really fun way. So make sure to check that out. And shout out to Eddie Melfi because he has, he is an incredible photographer mm-hmm. um, doing God's work for us. So yes, I also I found this photo spread to be just incredible. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I think that's that's about everything we have for you guys. Um, make sure to grab a copy off the shelves. Visit our website at roadiecigar.com. Of course, follow us on social media at roadiecigar. On TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on it all. LinkedIn. Yes. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And as always, we, we hope, hope you got, got to class safe. safe.